You're listening to an Air Books podcast. Hey guys, it's Aiden of Aiden's Books, and I'm here with Mommy. Welcome to Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books. Our episodes are recorded first via video. For the full experience, check out the video interview on my Facebook page, Aiden's Books. Next, you'll hear Mommy doing the interview. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books podcast, where we believe that books are magic and have the power to transform homes. On this podcast, we talk to authors and anybody in the space about the importance of reading to our children. And tonight we are here with Shantae Burns-Simpson, president of the BCALA. Shantae. Yes. What's the BCALA? It's the Black Caucus of the American Library Association. We are so proud of it. 50 years plus. (laughs) How many years? 50 uh, I want to say 52 years now. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did see on your website that you all were celebrating um, a, a certain number of years, but I forget exactly what I saw. I'm so happy that I found your your organization. I don't know why, like before I stepped into the children's book space, I was telling you before this that I don't know if I've, I've definitely heard of the ALA. Because I'm always looking into like the awarded children's books, right? Um, but when I found you guys, I'm like, I wonder why. I mean, I know why as a black woman. <laughs> like where where the need came from, right? But if you let me introduce you. Let me let me start there. Let me tell y'all about Shantae, because I'm getting caught up. Let me tell y'all, y'all know. And those in the community, if you're just watching for the first time, hi. But my name is Quinn, and I'm originally from um, New Jersey. We're in Texas now. And Shantae is over on the East Coast <laughs> in New oh, York. So yes. one, we just started, you know, talking and, and chatting it up. So I'm going to give you guys um, a little more information about Shantae. So she currently serves as the president of BCALA from 2020 to 2022. Yes, June 30th, 2022 is my last day. What date again? June 30th, 2022. I will become, it will be my last day as president. I'll be immediate past president and I will hand it over to uh, Vice President, incoming uh, President elect Michelle M. Hayes. And I'm very, very excited for her one of being president. Wow, congratulations. So, two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I can't wait to hear about. Um, all the things you've done in those two years that you've been president and definitely hear more about the org. Um, So she's the associate director of school support and outreach for the New York public library and an ambassador for libraries and a youth librarian. Um, President Byrne Simpson enjoys connecting people to the public library and its resources. And this is one of the reasons I was so excited about bringing Shantae um, on today um, as you guys are watching, because I really, really, really want parents to understand why the library is something that we all should be taking advantage of and going to as a family and making it a safe space for our children to visit as well. Because the library, is, it, it, I mean, it's a huge part of my of my journey. Um, so, Shantae, what did I miss? Tell us a little more about yourself. 
Uh, I don't know. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. I'm a wife. I'm a mom of two boys. I have a one-year-old and eight-year-old. Okay. Yes, I was pregnant during the pandemic. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> okay, so I too, I have a son, uh, seven-year-old son. He'll be eight in um, February. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, he's Aiden. The Aiden's book is named after him. Oh, um, nice. Love yeah. <laughs> So it all started just sharing our journey. Um, And my journey, of course, started in our public library um, in New Jersey. It was the one place that my mother allowed me to go by myself. And I took full advantage of that. Um, Till this day, um, the library is a safe space for me. And I I still go quite often. And my son um, loves the library as well. We go multiple times a week. Um, But we did a, a poll in our group, in our Facebook community, where we asked parents where they get their books from. And I was full on expecting for most of the people in the community to answer that they get their books from the library. Because you hear all the time, books are so expensive. Chosen books is $20 for a book, you know. (laughs) <laughs> and so I expect everybody to say the library, like maybe 10 to 15% of people said the library. And I was so, so shocked. So your, your association or just you as a librarian, are you noticing that um, people are not visiting the library as much as you would expect them to? Well, uh, we are actually working on getting the word out there about libraries. It's unfortunately a well-kept secret for populations who are not utilizing the library or they might've utilized it in the past and they got fines and they're like, oh no, I'm not going back. And they don't bring their kids back either. I'm so, so happy that New York City public libraries have done away with fines because that that. was a huge, huge barrier for people to utilize the libraries. Mm -hmm. Other than that, we are also doing extended amount of outreach into communities who do not know about public libraries and how public libraries work, knowing that if they get this little card, they have access to all of these resources for free. So Mm -hmm. we're doing a bunch of work to just make sure that everyone knows that their public library is in their community for them to utilize, not just to take out books, but also for classes, programming. All of these items are free. So, yeah, we have a lot of work to do, but we are working hard to make sure that it's not a well-kept secret because we don't want it to be. Yeah. And I kind of have to step outside of myself for this conversation because the library is so second nature to me that I kind of like take for granted all that I know about the library. And it just blows my mind when you say that you have to emphasize that the library is free. Um, So I I guess this is a common misconception in your world that it's a people believe that it's like a paid service. And you were speaking to me before we came on and you said that in different countries, people it's just not set up the same. Can you talk to us about that? Correct. So um, in different countries, the library is either affiliated with a school or a university or with the organization where they have to be a member to utilize it. Mm-hmm. So there's no, no idea no concept of this public building for people Mm -hmm. to come and take out books and bring home for free. Mm -hmm. The the idea of the library is for um, higher learning or for research purposes. So when we are um, 
outreaching and letting different communities know about the public library system and knowing to just fill out the the, the application and know we're not asking for um like social security number. We're not asking for the year you were born, like none of this. Cause a lot of people um, may be afraid that it could trace them if they're not, um, if they're not uh, a citizen, stuff like that. It's all of these uh, questions and misnomers that come along with when you fill out for a library card. Some people say, oh, if I fill out for this, am I going to get called for jury duty? It's like all these different things that people Wow, yeah. Because they feel like it's connected to the government or something that is going to put their name in some kind of system. And, mm-hmm. and that's not true. So that's what we have to go and we have to make sure that we we let parents and families know that when they're filling out for this library card, we're not asking for any kind of uh, year uh they were they were born. We're not asking for social security number, no tax ID, n- nothing. We just want them to put the month and day. Uh, they could put in an address or a PO box, something that if they had um, put in a request for a certain item, we could let them know. They could put in an email address, but it's nothing for us to to be able to give to someone if they came to like search for anyone. That's that's just not true. And once you return an item, it completely goes off your record. So we don't keep a trace of what you check out or anything like that. Because I think people feel like if they belong to the to the library, what are they doing with this information? And, and we don't keep any of the information. Okay. Well, I can see how they would think because the library is literally the holder of information. So... <laughs> I can see why people would think that. And I know uh, for certain, uh, my library at least, like you said, are not keeping track. Because I've asked, like, can I have a history of all the picture books that I've checked out? Like, I need to see. And they're like, we don't we don't have that. And I'm like, what are you? You're not tracking it? So, um, so, <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. And um, wow, so many barriers that I've never even thought of to people using their um, local library. If we can back up a little bit, um, because, I mean, you're president of the uh, BCALA, um, and I know that you sit on a committee at uh, the the ALA as well? Yes, correct. Okay, can you tell us about that? Sure. So um, just to clarify, so BCALA is an affiliate of ALA. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have what we call the National Association of Librarians of Color. So BCALA, we focus on uh, Black librarianship. You have um, Kala, who is the Chinese American uh, librarianship, Reforma, who focuses on um, Spanish, Latinx librarianship. So there's AILA, American Indian. So there's all of these different um, organizations to really focus on the different um, different bodies that represent librarianship within the American Library Association. Okay. Yeah. So I've been a member of ALA. I don't even know for how long, maybe since I uh, became a librarian many mm-hmm. years ago. I don't even want to say the, the year <laughs> now. <laughs> But um, I um, chair the the committee of um, Office of Diversity and Inclusion for ALA. And that's really just focusing on making sure that we have representation uh, Mm -hmm. within ALA, within our work uh, as an organization. So making sure that our our 
staffing and the the resources that our staff uh, gets, the the libraries that are in the different communities across the country, and it could be mm-hmm. from urban libraries to rural libraries, just making sure that we are um, providing the same standards for all types of libraries and mm-hmm. not having a library that's in maybe a better part of town, having more resources than a library that's in um, an urban setting or in a small rural set setting. We want everybody to be able to go into the library and have access to um, high speed internet, be able to find diverse literature, be able to find um, electronic resources that will combat this fake news that we are all uh, unfortunately dealing with. Because Mm -hmm. yes, with the smartphone, we have all of this access to all of this information, but not all of this information is accurate. And us being able to provide classes and support communities so that when they look something up or get information that comes into their Facebook feed or Instagram, being able to not just take it and say, okay, this is true, but being able to look at it and question it. And the people who know of the library, they do say that the library is still one of the trusted institutions uh, that they are a part of. So the people mm-hmm. who are utilizing the libraries, they love it and they trust the information that they get from the library. Yeah, that's really important because especially as our, our kids, uh, uh, many of the people that are watching have children. Um, and as our kids are growing up in this information, uh, heavily accessible age where they can get information from anywhere, we want them to be able to discern um you know, whether something is fake news or not, like you said. Um, and so that's very important. So having a library as a resource and one of the most trustworthy resources is is a beautiful thing. Um, Shante, yeah. how did you know you wanted to be a librarian? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I started working at the library when I was going into my senior year of high school. Okay. My parents told me I had to get a job. <laughs> Because I liked I like name brand clothes and they didn't they didn't want to pay all that money for the stuff. So they told me to go get a job. And my okay. godmother worked for the New York Public Library. He she had gotten a summer job for my older brother, and it was time for me to get my job. And so I started in the summer and I never left. I wow. continued to work through my senior year, all the way through undergrad. Um I went to Long Island University. Let's go Blackbirds. <laughs> uh, in downtown Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And um, I graduated in 2001. So mm-hmm. you can still do the math, but there we go. I graduated 2001. <laughs> and that was when 9-11 happened. And so my undergrad, I got a Bachelor of Fine Arts. I was a dance major. And mm-hmm. you know what? 9-11 happened. It was just like, who's coming to see shows? We're like, who's coming to New York? We don't know what's going on. Yeah. And the library said that they would pay for me to go to library school. They had a librarian trainee program. And my face was just like yours. I said, I can get a free master's degree. Sign me up. And I never looked back, to be perfectly honest with you. I went to a library school. I went to Queens College. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know their their mantra for Queens College, but I will definitely rep Queens College. (laughs) Uh, And I thought I was going to be an adult librarian. I took all of these adult services and reference classes. 
And when I graduated, the New York Public Library had something called um, a seminar. You had to be able to, to take the seminar in order to become a senior librarian. And when I was graduating, the seminar that they had available was young adult seminar. Mm. So, of course, I took that seminar. And then um, the following year, they had the adult seminar. And I hurry up and I took the adult seminar. But when it was time for them to place me in the library, they... Um, they, they put me at actually my, my local library that's just literally down the block from me mm-hmm. at the young adult librarian. And I said, oh, no, 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 I'm an adult librarian. And they said, you took the you took the young adult seminar? I said, yes. They said, well, you're going to go to Port Richmond Library as the young adult librarian. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And you know what? I'm so grateful for that because I always read young adult books. Yeah. And I fell in love with the teens and the teens, they gravitated towards me. And I was like, I had to be crazy thinking I wanted to work with these mm-hmm. adults. But um, I never looked back after that. And so I was always into uh, teen fiction, nonfiction, uh, children's now because of, of my kids and really heavily into technology. So that was really where I was supposed to be anyway. So I really am grateful for the library. And sometimes people can see things in yourself that you don't see for yourself. And so I never looked back after that. I was going to say your your steps were pretty much ordered for you. Like just. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's wonderful. I'm wondering. So we have um, in our audience, a lot of parents uh, with kids our age. And then we have a lot of parents wondering when to start like chapter books and when to transition into YA Cause uh, some YA is it's like YA, I know, yeah, no, I know, I know, and there, and we definitely uh, on the library card application, we say if if um, if children, because some children they read above their 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 grade level, yeah. So we'll say, are you allowing your kid to check out materials outside of the children's room? Um, but once they turn, you know, twelve, thirteen then you can't keep them in the children's room. They have to, you know, move over to the, the teen world. And, um, and that's when that, that conversation has to, has to happen. That's why I say, just like you, you want to know what types of movies they go to, to see or what shows Mm -hmm. they watch. You really need to know what, what books they're, they're reading, what they're into. Yeah. The conversation still needs to, to happen. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you, we want to encourage our our children, of course, to go to the library. And I, as I said, the safe space for me was a library. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to start reading to our kids. And that's, that's all we talk about, like in our group, and our platform is the importance of reading to our children and connecting with them and using books as a way to foster a healthy conversation with our children. And so especially in this day and age, I talk with my friends all the time, like we can't block information from getting to them, right? So the best way, in my opinion, to approach it is just to have the conversation, have the conversation. And one of the things that my mother always, she says to me, she'll probably watch this, is I had no idea you were reading Sister Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) The comments went to Emma, yes! (laughs) She's like, I had no idea you were reading that. She was like, and I, she said, I wanted to know 
what it was. So she said she picked it up and read herself because before then I was reading a lot of like Mary Monroe, like whatever, like church fiction my mom was reading. That's what I, so your kids are going, they're going to read it. They're going to, I mean, I would see her and she modeled her and my grandmother modeled reading for me. And so whenever I saw them reading something juicy, I'm like, as soon as they put that down, I'm grabbing that, <laughs> I'm grabbing that book. <laughs> it's true though. I'm glad yeah. you said that because those are the readers, people who have adults in their lives that they see reading that mm-hmm. makes them want to read. So you can't be shocked if you're not at home reading why your kids are not readers. Because if they're not seeing you sit down with the newspaper, magazine, or book, mm-hmm. then they're not making that connection. And I mean, the teachers can can do but so much, but it still has to be done at home. It's we, true. It's so funny. We talked about this um, right before. Actually, you guys know that these sessions are like recorded and then we show them at a later date. So earlier this morning, I met with a teacher, one of my favorite teachers. She's here in Texas. And um, she talked about modeling reading and um, how it's so important. And uh, I was like, you have any last things to say? And she was like, use your library. And as soon as we came off a recording, I was like, I'm speaking to sessions such later today like this. So, so y'all are saying all the same things. And so <laughs> so this is just awesome. Um, what did it, so all right, so that was your story into how you became a librarian. Yes. I know that you you said that you work with the youth right now. Can you tell us a little bit more like uh the history maybe of the BC ALA, like why it started, how it started? Can you get into that? Sure, for sure. Um okay. so uh the Black Caucus of the American Library Association, um again. Uh, it's an organization that's over 50 years old, mm-hmm. and it was created to connect a community of professionals and leaders to create high-impact changes for mm-hmm. continuous improvements in our libraries. Um, okay. We were originally formed to address the concerns of Black library professionals within yes. ALA. One mm-hmm. of them was be, uh, being that ALA, we wanted them to stop supporting any library or librarians who offered services and or materials to racist institutions. So we want to remember that just 50 years ago, not all libraries were welcoming to everyone. And so that was the main focus of um our founders, such as E.J. Josie, who they were meeting. And when they would go to the the conferences, they weren't able to to have the same experience of the conference as all of the other members of ALA. Mm -hmm. And this was just 50 years ago. So we continue to work closely with ALA's leadership to address all social and racial injustices against Mm -hmm. people of African descent and of color. And we want more Black people in the profession. We mm-hmm. want more people to utilize the library's resources. And we want more books to tell our stories. So yeah. we continue to implore publishers to uplift Black voices by hiring Black authors and illustrators to tell Black stories of all genres and topics. Mm-hmm in which Black readers can see themselves and all readers can view different experiences beyond their own lens because we have more than one story than just slavery. And so that's what we work hard to combat. I'm sorry. So much was said there. And 
I didn't mean to. So I showed this book because I feel like a lot of parents shy away from um, like picture book biographies and things like that with their children. But if you just want to start the conversation on equity and um, the reason why it's so important for libraries to diversify and um, what more of what Shantae was talking about, Ron's Big Mission is a is a wonderful book in order for you to begin that conversation with your children. Because like she said, not too long ago, while um, while Black people were able to go into the library. We were not able to take out books. And so this um, is a is a great book to, to start with. And um, <clears throat> wow. So, I mean, I don't so much was said and I'm <laughs> trying to figure out where to find no, it. I just want to point out some some of our book lists. So over the summer of 2020, we worked very closely with the association for library service to children. And we mm-hmm. collaborated on a book list called Community Connecting, Cultivating and Constructing Conversations Through Literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, because we were all uh, stuck at home during the uh, the pandemic. And we were seeing just really serious situations happening uh, across the country mm-hmm. uh, between just civil unrest, uh, police, and we wanted to be able to give titles to to help families be able to talk to their kids about what is happening at this time. And so that mm-hmm. book list is a great collaboration to just really support and just continue to use books to foster important conversations. So. Yeah, that's really good. And I'm going to have to grab that list and make sure to drop it in the group for anybody who's watching us so that you can have access to that. Um, It's so important. Um, And like you said, I love that you all are like working with publishers to make sure that they I don't think that people realize that um, maybe they don't realize there's a shortage of uh, Black and own, own voices work in the publishing community. And while you may see a small increase of books in the space uh, for by or with Black main characters, many of those books were not written by Black authors. Um, and many of those books were not illustrated by Black illustrators. And so while I feel it is okay for other races to write books with other other um, main characters of different backgrounds, when we're looking to create equality, why not increase the number of people writing books in their own voice? What is the best way to get that experience than to have somebody from that background write, write on that experience? Um, and like Shante said, we're so much more than slavery. We're so much more than the oppressive narrative. So I would really love to see more publishers embracing just imaginative Black stories, um, just the storylines that uh, go beyond the oppressive narrative. And that that's so, so important. So thank you for, for sharing that with yeah, us. The thing, they think, oh, if we don't... Um they're not going to create things that they feel won't sell, but we buy books. The public library is going to buy a plethora of books. Uh, When it comes to someone's uh, birthday, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever celebration, buy a book. You can get a toy, but also buy a book to go with it. I mean, the the numbers 
tell the tell the story as well. So being able to say, you know what, this story will sell, and it's not just going to be bought by black and brown kids. It's going to be bought from everyone because mm-hmm. it's a good story. And so I was actually I did um I did a panel for uh, book booksellers. And they were saying, some of them had the question, um, they didn't know how many diverse books they should buy because they're not in a diverse community, right? And I say, you sell the story. So someone comes in and they're looking for a book for, you know, a young child, a preteen. You do what, what librarians do. We do a book talk. We say just a little snippet of the story. By that time, either the little child is there, they want to see the book, they want the book, or the parent at that point, they want the book because you told a little bit of the story. And Mm -hmm. when you go and you grab the book off the shelf and it happens to have uh, a brown character on the cover or maybe an Asian person on the cover, at that point, the story has been sold. And why would they want to put the book back? The book is sold at that point. And so that's what we just really need to do. We need to make sure that we are selling the story. We need to make sure that we are putting these books up on display all year round, not just uh, for Black History Month or uh, Women's History Month, being able to say that you're promoting these books all year round, because I don't know about you, but I'm Black 365 days of the year, not just in February. So there we go. So, so in speaking to, thank you for that. In speaking to the the parents in the group um, that are watching that may not be going to the library, that feel the need now to get in there, what are they missing out on? What is in the library for families? Uh, We have programming and books for all ages. So if you are a parent of a young child, we have early literacy programs. So that whole idea of read, sing, play, talk, and write, that's really going to set your child up for success in their academic journey. Um, For uh, kids, uh, we have STEM programming, we have homework help, for, for teens, preteens, we have internship opportunities, author talks, college and career programming. We even have things such as gaming and music recordings in the library. And I know you're like, well, why do you have that in the library? But again, we want to be able to promote connected learning. So being able to take a child's interest and be able to foster that whole idea of learning and, and wanting to to. Uh, read about that uh, specific topic. That's mm-hmm. really important for us. I don't know how many of you have heard of Chance the Rapper. He created his demo in the Chicago Public Library. So mm-hmm. we I had no idea. foster that for families who can't afford to send their child to these uh, uh, summer camps or lessons after school. So again, you have these opportunities for free from the public library. Uh, For adults, we have uh, computer classes to help uh, build skills for their resume. We can help them write their resume. Um, You can learn a language. You can participate in a book club. There's just so much that you can get from the public library. You just have to walk in the door and and get a a library card. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. The world is open to you when you get a library card. And I don't want to quote author to show you, <laughs> to show you all. 
<laughs> Are familiar with? Did you know that they're bringing Reading Rainbow back? Yes, and I'm so excited. Okay. I was really rooting for LeVar Burton for uh, Jeopardy. But yeah. you know what? Uh, Blossom, I can't say her real name. It just escaped me right now, but she's doing a great yeah. job. But I really, I'm a fan of LeVar, LeVar Burton. I grew up with Rita Rainbow. So yes, I'm excited yeah. about it. So did I. I'm so excited about it. So um, let me see. Before, I guess... So, guys, what I discovered also, I wanted to share with you guys. I'm going to share the, the website um, here so that you all can visit and learn more about the BCALA. Um, you guys have book, uh, other than the book list that you mentioned, you have other book lists as well on the site, correct? Yes, we have a bunch. And I mean, I really want to promote our best of the best book list for 2021. Oh. Uh, we actually started this book list last year. So we had the best of the best uh, BCALA 2020. And now we have a new one. Again, this um, this list is going to have something for everyone from K through 12th grade. We are just so thrilled to, to have it come out. And it came out right before the holidays. Um, this list was uh, created by school and public librarians, um, and the book list provides a meaningful books for K through 12 students that celebrate cultural identity, the Black experience, and historical depth, as long as well as accuracy to literacy. So definitely, any child that that you have in your life, you're going to find something amazing on this list. And what's new about this list is that we have an honorable mention list that really highlights um, authors who are self-published. And so that has never been done before. We're really, really proud about that. We've done that um, in the past for our adult books. Um, and so we just want to continue to, to promote uh, black authors, whether they're published or self-published, because if it's a good story, everyone should be able to have access to it and read it. So, yes. I cannot wait to see that list. And I know that there are some um, black authors watching this because we have many self-published authors in our community um, that are watching that is just loving to hear that right now. <laughs> We have a lot of um, self-published uh, authors who are actually members of BCALA. Okay. Yes, yes. So um, you do not have to be a librarian to be a member of BCALA. You have to love libraries, to be perfectly honest with you. We have a lot of professional development that's uh, geared towards um, librarians, but we also have webinars and everything that's just open for people who want to know about um good literature. So definitely check us out, become a member, donate. We, we welcome you. Y'all I'm about to go and fill out my app. Cause I was telling somebody before <laughs> that I came when I said, I know I missed my calling as a librarian. I know I did. So <laughs> I'm about to go and fill out my application after we're done here. I want to ask you since now you have a, a one-year-old and an eight-year-old, right? Yes. Maybe top three, maybe one, one or two, just however many you want. Whatever comes to mind, favorite children's books. Oh my goodness. That is always <laughs> such a hard, hard question. I should have prepared you for it. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. How about I, answer this? I will tell you because whenever okay. I talk about a book, I want to be able to show it. I will say because I'm just a huge fan of his, Jason Reynolds. So I did just get this new book. Let me get it. 
So this is a good part of being a librarian. Like you get, it's like Christmas coming in the mail. So I did get Stunt Boy. Look at this beautiful thing. Um, it look, it's just, it's so, so lovely. I love Lovely. stuff like this. So I will highlight this book, but I definitely, definitely would love to come on and do a few book talks for all of you because I do have a lot of great books that I love to read. And I just started this book. I don't know if you know Mahogany L. Brown. I'm just starting this, but I'm really, really excited about it. Okay. Um, but yes, please. I would love to come and talk to your, to all of your parents and authors again to highlight some of my favorites because I have quite a few, but it does change because, okay. yeah, it, it just changes when I read another book. I'm like, oh, yes, this is my favorite right now. So Understood. Understood. No, we would <laughs> love, love to have you back um, to do a book talk or several. So. Oh, yes, I, I will do several. Um, and, and because I don't want to carry too many books, I'll do a nice uh, PowerPoint with just a screenshot of the of the jacket of the book and give okay. a snippet of what it's about and why I love it. Love <laughs> it. OK, I love that. Well, is there anything else you can think? I had so many questions set up, but this this uh, conversation definitely just went down a wonderful path. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share? Uh, I oh, I definitely want to talk about um, our book. So BCALA is having a new publication come out. Okay. In February of 2022. Okay. And it's called The Black Librarian in America, Reflections, Resistance, and Reawakening. And this uh, this title is commemorating two milestones, our 50th anniversary, as well as the founding and first publication of Black Librarians in America. So E.J. Josie wrote that back in 1970. It was called Black Librarian in America, Issues and Challenges. And so we have our book coming out and it's available for pre-order on Scarecrow, uh, Roman and Littlefield Publications. Okay. Um, and this edition is really to expand the understandings of Black librarians in the library informa information science field. And so the book will be broken up into four sections, um, our rich history heritage, uh, honoring the Black history of, of librarian workers, uh, mm -hmm. celebrating collective and individual identity, Black mm -hmm. librarians across all settings, mm -hmm. and moving forward, activism, anti-racism, and allyship. So that is how our book is broken up. We are so, so proud of it, and it will be coming out in February 2022. Okay, but they can go through the main website to get some more information about it, right? Absolutely. Wonderful. So you guys see the website scrolling across the screen. Please visit, look into all the things that Shante talked about, um, most, you know, notably this book. Um, check it out for, you know, membership, the book list that she was talking about. And I'm looking forward to having Shante back for more. Thank you Yay. so much, President Burns Simpson. 
Thank you so, so much. <laughs> uh, my New Jersey sister, I will definitely come back and do some book talks for all of you. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. Just hang on for a quick second after this, okay? Okay. Thank you, everybody.